1: Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you wanna hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working
2: on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie Do?
1: Soccer is going to
0: explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure.
1: New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts.
2: 20 minutes a day, 365
0: days a year, this is Hackaday Podcast.
3: Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day podcast. We are on episode 876, the only daily Packers podcast. So whether you're listening to us in your car, in your home, while you're working remotely, thank you for joining us for another episode of the show. I am one of your co-hosts today, Maggie Loney, and joined by Jimmy Christensen. Uh, Jacob Westendorf is stuck at work, so it's just the two of us today. But, <laughs> Jimmy, we're, we're here to talk Packers, Panthers, and... I guess more specifically Packers defense. So yeah, what, what are your generic thoughts? I mean, we can kind of touch on the lions game briefly before we segue into this week against the Panthers, but how do you think overall the Packers defense did against the lions? Because, you know, if you, if you look someplace like Twitter, there's very mixed reviews.
2: Yeah, I know that <laughs> I've, I've learned not to go to Twitter for my, uh, <laughs> for my post game reactions for things, uh, you know, it's, I think overall there's definitely been improvements like the, the amount of pressures that the defense has been getting has definitely gone up. And after that report that Kenny Clark Zadarius, and Preston Smith went to Mike Pettin to say like, let's kind of do some of that stuff we were doing last year. You can definitely see that they're, they're blitzing more. Um, They had that one that Kamal Martin came in completely untouched and lit up Matthew Stafford, which I felt horrible about for Matthew because I know that (laughs) did not feel good. Um, And then you also, we get to also see Darnell Savage move around a little bit more and get some blitzes and um, kind of be that, that honey badger 2.0 that he could really be. So I think there's definitely been some improvement on the defensive side of the ball, but there's also room for improvement. The The middle of our defense is so soft and that's, what's making me very nervous for the, not very nervous. That's my biggest worry. I should say coming into this Carolina game is just the middle of the field because they have some very speedy and shifty wide receivers.
3: Yeah, and I mean, I think anybody that listened to this show knew that I was a big Christian Kirksey fan going into this season, probably because I knew of him so well from the Browns, and I thought he played really well in his couple seasons before he was injured. But I don't know if it's the injury bug catching up with him, but he just has lost a lot of that athleticism. And I think asking him to play in the middle of the field has been kind of a struggle. And, you know, especially like you said, Kamal Martin had a great game. We're seeing Chris Barnes has looked really good in his opportunities. So, Do you think the Packers move on from Kirksey after kind of half of a season, even though he had a two-year deal? Or do you think they kind of give him one more year with Mike Patton or I guess whoever the defensive coordinator is to see if he can rejuvenate his career a little bit?
2: Yeah, I think with, as you mentioned, Chris Barnes has been playing really well at the start of the season too and kind of surprisingly filled the role and stepped up really huge. And um, Kamal Martin has been showing his athletic ability and moving around so well that I think – they they did a 2 year deal for a reason to where i know they can they can get out of it in the second year with minimal dead cap so i think they wanted to give it this year see if he would be able to stay healthy and have that function or have that have that productivity that they were hoping for but from what we've seen and he wasn't able to stay healthy and i don't know as you already mentioned too injuries from the past and even this season maybe still be lingering and why he's not having that athletic ability or explosiveness that many thought that we'd see this season so I, I honestly do think that this might be a, a one and done for him, which stinks because he, as we mentioned before the show, with uh, some other players, like he's one too that's just a really great guy. So like I hate talking like this to players because like we have we're talking about these guys like because they are players who love to watch them, but it's like their livelihood too. So it's always weird to talk about like oh this guy might get fired this year, yeah, uh, which stinks.
3: I, yeah, I think that there's like a. Um... A dehumanizing element like you're saying because you see them on the field and then you realize like oh this is millions and millions of dollars that these people are jeopardizing because of a performance um but I guess that you know the Packers don't prioritize inside linebacker in the draft we have learned that we saw that this past season of Packers fans wanting Patrick Queen Kenneth Murray I was on the Patrick Queen bandwagon his start in Baltimore has not looked that amazing um, you know, if you look at like pro football focus, I know that's not kind of the football Bible by any standard, but Kamal Martin actually is putting up some better numbers in less snaps. So uh, take all that with a grain of salt. But we did say before the show, I was absolutely obsessed with the Panthers draft class and they took a lot of players that I was hoping Green Bay would took would take. Uh, last year, they took Brian Burns and I, I do love Rashawn Gary, but Brian Burns was my guy last year. This year, uh, they had Derek Brown, who I knew was going to be off the board by the time the Packers picked, but kind of fits the mold of that big body they would want opposite Kenny Clark. Uh, But I think, you know, one of the real key pieces for this defense and probably the biggest test for this, this Packers offense on Sunday before we shift over to the defensive side of the ball is Jeremy Chin. And I don't know if you've had the pleasure of watching him play yet, but he is fully in contention to be defensive rookie of the year. Um, He's he had one game where he had two fumble recoveries for a touchdown, just putting up some really insane stats. And I think kind of if you look at the way that this Packers offense has struggled and it's been those really athletic inside middle linebacker players he's like a hybrid safety he's everything that I would want the Packers to have so I don't know if you have any thoughts on the Panthers defense as a whole before we shift things but kind of what are you looking at specifically I I keep saying going into Sunday going into Saturday night
2: oh I know it's such a weird thing thinking (laughs) about Saturday um we have a I have a Christmas party on Saturday. So I, I made sure after I found out we had a Saturday game, I messaged her right away. And I was like, I hope, you know, like there will be a game on a TV for this. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I will be leaving very early from your party. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know,
2: as you met, like you mentioned too, Packers have struggled with teams that have really athletic people are playing on the inside. I know he, you said he's kind of a hybrid, but we've seen when we had just Devin white was one and he's a freak athlete too. Um, and I forgot on his blank name, but David for the Buccaneers as well, just those freak athletes are the ones we have trouble with. Cause we like to do some of those outside runs and then become much trickier when you have someone who's able to go sideline to sideline with such explosive ability to be able to make those plays. Um, just imagine this defense too, if they still had Luke Kuechly in the middle too, that'd just be a nightmare, obviously happy for him. Hope your brain's doing well, but, uh, uh, Yeah, no, this defense, Brian Burns is, he's just so long and he's so, his hand, I always see his like highlights of his, uh, his hand fighting on Twitter. Mm -hmm. It's Impressive. I just, I'd like to see him in like a ring or an octagon just to see what he can do with his hands. Just because he's always popping those offensive linemen back. He's a strong dude.
4: 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site, according to CompScore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts and now, This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to indeed.com slash blue wire offer valid through December 31st term and conditions apply.
3: I love Brian Burns. He's always going to be like the guy that I watch just to kind of see where his career ends up. And Rashawn Gary is having just a fantastic sophomore season for the Packers. And, you know, he's kind of making that second year leap just like you would expect him to. But I do like to keep tabs on Brian Burns just to kind of see see what you
2: said are you gonna have like a brian burns dirt like
3: t-shirt under your Rashawn gary jersey (laughs) (laughs) uh no because t-shirts and jerseys are expensive and that's true um but i guess then that is kind of a good segue to talk about this packers defense you know we'll talk about Rashawn gary too but the packers offense or the packers defense is is pretty much catching a break going into saturday because it sounds very unlikely that christian kirksey will be Christian Kirksey Christian McCaffrey will be playing and see it's like this name association thing and I think that benefits the middle of the defense and Christian Kirksey specifically not having McCaffrey kind of in that offense and you know he hasn't played many snaps this season he's been dealing with multiple injuries but do you think that is is, is going to be as significant as Packers fans are making it seem or do you think that he was going to be kind of reacclimated into the offense slowly anyway so he wouldn't have made as much of an impact on Saturday
2: I think it's I think it's definitely gonna be as big as um, as big as everyone's kind of making it out to be because when we saw Jones come back from his injury, he was supposed to have what LaFleur said is like a limited workload. And he was the first drive. I'm pretty sure he touched the ball like the first four times. So whenever you have a player, especially if Christian McCaffrey's ability, even if he's playing limited snaps, those snaps he's on the field are just it's dangerous. He can he's a player that it can be a handoff and it could be an 80 yard touchdown run. Um He's also a threat in the passing game, so him not being on the field is is huge. And um, I'm kind of this is kind of a fun, a little side note, but uh, when we talked to Jamal, his mom has a a huge, cru- or he said not a crush, but she thinks Carson uh, <laughs> McCaffrey is very cute. So I know she's bummed out that he's not going to be on the field either. Um, that I candy's not going to be there for the ladies, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, I think him not being on the field is going to be be huge. It's one incredible weapon that you don't have to worry about.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, you know, kind of to that same token, Mike Davis, I don't know if he kind of came out of nowhere. I I've been following him very closely because I picked up Mike Davis in fantasy when I found (laughs) out what happened to Christian Kirk's or Christian. See, I did it again, Christian McCaffrey. Um, But he's been putting together a really nice year for the Panthers. And, you know, I think what's so interesting about this matchup on Saturday is yes, the Packers and Panthers just played last season, but the teams are almost entirely different. You know, it was a Kyle Allen led football team. Christian McCaffrey was on the field. Like you said, Luke Kuechly, they had, you know, Greg Olson last year. So This year, you're seeing Robbie Anderson with the Panthers, and there's just a lot of different pieces. And I think that that's what makes this offense kind of so scary. And Christian McCaffrey made it more scary, to your point, you know, so that I don't think that that's – I do think the Packers are catching a break there. But Mike Davis has put up some really nice numbers. He leads the team in total touchdowns. So I do think he'll be a factor on Saturday, especially kind of knowing how the Packers have done holding uh, running backs to yardage numbers
2: yeah mike davis like he's he's come in and stepped up it's always cool to see and it this is actually what kind of affects the the running back market is someone like mike and come in and is having over 500 yards rushing five touchdowns um obviously the offense would be different with mccaffrey in there but it's not like they have really they're lacking of weapons right now with mike davis in there he's he's stepped up a lot and he he has the ability to break out if we uh if we allow him to so Obviously, I'm happy Christian – I did it too. You rubbed off on me. <laughs> I'm Honestly, I'm happy with Christian McCaff, that Christian McCaffrey – we don't have to worry about him, but Mike Davis is, can also be a threat.
3: Yeah. One of the things I think that scares me the mo- most about Mike Davis in this offense is he is tied for third in the NFL with 25 broken tackles. And if there's one thing I think that I have a concern about with the Packers defense is wrapping up their tackles. And, you know, they started the season with a ton of missed tackles. It seemed like the last couple of weeks they got a handle on that. But when you have Mike Davis, he kind of feels like the warm up to Derrick Henry then next yeah. week on Sunday Night Football. So if they can't get their arms around Mike Davis and wrap him up and take him down, knowing that he's really prone to breaking tackles, it's going to be scary to see what happens with Derrick Henry on mm-hmm. Sunday Night Football.
2: Oh, yeah. If, oh, I don't even want to think about that right now. I'm having a good day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, if we have trouble bringing down Mike Davis, which teams have, if he has 25 broken tackles, uh, man, I really hope we wrap our arms around him. I hate seeing those plays where you see, and it's more in the secondary, and I guess they're just usually, hopefully you don't have a secondary person tackling a running back, but when you see them just dive with their shoulder thinking that's going to knock them down and not putting their arms around, like I'm pretty sure it takes like a month off my life every time I see that. (laughs) <laughs> it's been well, like a year so far. With I was going to say it
3: happens a lot. So let's say day, not month. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but I mean, so another weapon for this Panthers offense that they did acquire. I know Packers fans were kind of upset about it. Uh, Robbie Anderson, a lot of Packers fans wanted to see him in Green Bay in 2020. He's looked really good for this offense. Um, He and DJ Moore together are having just an an excellent season as kind of a wide receiver tandem. And then they have Curtis Samuel as kind of wide receiver three. So to me, that's one of the best kind of wide receiver trios in the NFL right now. Uh, Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore are both like five, 10 yards shy of a thousand yard seasons. Uh, DJ Moore leads the league in yards per catch. I think he's at 18.5, just under 20 yards. Uh, So this, this is a really explosive offense. If, they're left unchecked and it's kind of hard to think of the Panthers as explosive because they're really middle of the road on offense and defense. I think they're 18th, 19th, 20th, kind of in points for and points against. So they really do kind of stay in the middle of the pack, but when you give them opportunities, they will take them. And I think this Packers defense we've seen through some of their weaknesses that the Panthers should get their opportunities.
2: Yeah, and going with those explosive wide receivers, Teddy Bridgewater isn't an elite quarterback, but he is one that doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Yep, Um, He's a great – and I I don't know how I feel about this term because I feel like it's thrown around a lot, but like for field manager, he's going to be someone who puts you in the right spot, make the right decisions. He isn't an Aaron Rodgers type, but when you have the weapons around him, it's definitely serviceable. And we've seen those plays where he'll just do a little dump off to – or even a screen to DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel and that thing because they're so athletic is – down the field for a 50 yard touchdown. So yeah, these wider receivers they have a lot of talent on this offense for a team. Like you said, is middle of the pack. So it's interesting to see that with all these pieces that they haven't really, and I know they they're missing their top piece for most of the season. So that could explain why they're kind of middle of the road, but I don't know. It's, it's scary, especially like I mentioned in the beginning in the middle of the field where it's so soft. And if you give them any space to be able to make a couple moves with our history of not wrapping up on wide receivers it could uh, it could make for some explosive plays
3: yeah and I think especially kind of in the middle of the defense and one of the people I wanted to get your opinion on one of the players um I think he's still on the injury report so we're not sure if he'll be available for Saturday but Tandon Sullivan and that nickel role in Mike Pettin's defense is so significant and honestly, probably more important for a pettin led defense than it would be for a lot of defenses in the league. So I saw somebody pose this question on Twitter. I wish I could attribute it. I don't know who had said it, but you know, depending on who's healthy and available, what are your thoughts on the idea of moving Jair to nickel and having Kevin King and Josh Jackson as your boundary corners, or, you know, is Jair just too vital to kind of be your roaming Uh, CB1 on whoever the biggest threat is for that Panthers offense
2: oh that's a really good question I don't know I think he's just so it's nice to have Jair to where you mentioned too Robbie Anderson's having a great season and we mentioned two other receivers and having Jair you can put him on one of them and know they're not really going to be a factor during the game so it's so valuable to have that piece to move around uh, or to even just stick with one person but I don't know. Sullivan has been kind of a roller coaster with his season. He has, he makes really good plays and then he'll have like a holding penalty on third and 10 and it'll be a automatic first down. But that, um, I don't know. I think it's, I think I'd rather just see Jair stay on the outside and pick half his one receiver for the game. What are you thought? What are your thoughts on that?
3: Yeah. I mean, I think so too. I think what we need to see from Mike Patton is him figuring out the middle of the defense. And even if we have Jair kind of in that nickel role, I don't know if you want Jair. He definitely has the physicality to match up against like tight ends, but I think you need to see more from your inside linebackers. And especially if we're talking about what happens with Christian Kirksey, not that the beginning of the season hasn't been an audition of sorts, but you need to get this figured out before the playoffs and you have three games now to do that. And, you know, the the Panthers might end up being the biggest test and, you know, it's hard to say that with the Titans on deck, knowing Derrick Henry and they have just as many weapons in the passing game, but this is a good opportunity for Mike Patton to see what he has in guys like Kamal Martin and Chris Barnes, instead of kind of leaving Christian Kirksey in charge Mm -hmm. of the middle of the defense.
2: Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or an overbearing parent screaming words of wisdom from the stands, Fewer than 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Whether it be 30 years of Hall of Fame QB play in Green Bay or 30 years of quarterback torture in Chicago, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for watching football. I I wrote an article uh, for Pack Report this week on just how Kamal Martin should start getting a little bit more of an increased snap count. And one of the things I was really surprised to see, um, just the actual numbers, I knew he hasn't been great, but when Christian Kirksey's been targeted, he's, their quarterbacks are 34 for 38 attempts. So it's like, it's almost like a guarantee. If you target that area of the field, you're more than likely going to get a catch. So it's... um, yeah, something definitely, like you said, we only have a few games left to the playoffs. That's something that Mike Patton's going to have to change. And he's already, people are already really wanting him out of there. Fans are. And if that, if he wants to try to keep his job, that's one area to improvement. Like, obviously, nothing's going to be extraordinarily changed in the, in the middle of the season. But just showing some progress of recognizing an area, a uh, problem area and solving it could possibly save his job when it comes the the offseason.
3: Yeah, I agree with you. And I'm struggling, I think, a little bit, too, because Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos, they've had really nice seasons. And one of the things I thought about kind of as a maybe even a Band-Aid for the Packers defense kind of in the interim while they figure out what's going on with Chandon Sullivan and whether or not they want him to be the guy. Darnell Savage played nickel quite a bit in college with Maryland. And Vernon Scott has looked really good in his limited opportunities. You know, is there an opportunity to move Darnell to your nickel and have Vernon Scott be your free safety? Or then does that mess up the cohesion of the back of the defense? Because we've seen Darnell Savage in his sophomore year, put together some really, really nice plays. He leads the team in interceptions, you know, so it's, it's one of those, do you want to move your whole defense around to make up for this? Or do you want to just keep relying on trying a guy like maybe Kadar Holman or Will Redmond and seeing what you get out of them?
2: Yeah, that'd be a really interesting one because they did mention in training camp, too, like Savage at um, that slot or slot corner spot was or the nickel corner was something that they were looking at. So it'd be interesting to see. And just kind of just nice to know what we have in our second year player. We've seen what he can do in the safety position. He's had a couple. He's had some really nice games was three interceptions in two weeks. Um, So it'd be nice to see. It'd be interesting to see. I don't know if it's the right call, like you said, as well, but it'd be nice to see what we have in him and just how how much potential he actually has to be a, a really versatile, versatile player for the defense. But I, have a, I actually have a question for you that I did not uh, give <laughs> you ahead of time. So I'm excited. To, it's just kind of a little silly one, I guess. But we're facing Robbie Anderson this week and then Ryan Tannehill next week. Both had Adam Gase as a coach at one point. Who's had the better like post-Adam Gase career so far? Because it's only been a year and a half for Tannehill and almost a full season for Robbie Anderson.
3: I feel like it has to be Ryan Tannehill just because his team went to the AFC championship game. Yeah, that's true. You know, like if – I mean, I think Robbie Anderson will probably have the career longevity that I don't know if Ryan Tannehill will have, but yeah. he got paid. So, I mean, he clearly is – they both mm-hmm. are doing well and making their money, and I think any you get away from Adam Gase, that's, that's – That's a, a plus. Thing. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you ever get – Looking at Robbie Anderson, sometimes he's he's a heck of a football player, but sometimes I look at him and think, like, you're really skinny. Like, I feel like some of these hits. Like, I get nervous sometimes when I see him get hit because I'm like, how does your body take in this? But he, his body just seems so weird in those pads sometimes, just because they seem like way bigger than his actual body is. But that's a random thought that I have in my head (laughs) while I watch football.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he is. I think this will be. I thought I saw on the stat sheet somewhere that this would be his first thousand yard season if he hits it and I think he's at like 996 yeah his first uh, thousand yard receiving season so that would be pretty exciting for him and for the Panthers organization Um, because I think that they let's see this says Patrick Jeffers uh, from 1999 was the only other Carolina Panther to hit over a thousand yards in their first season with the team so you know good for good for Carolina if I don't think we have to play them next season in 2021 so let them have Let them take out the Saints yeah. or something. They could do us a big favor, actually taking out the Saints in Week 17. So, yeah. um, but before we before we kind of wrap things up, talking about the Packers running backs, I did. Um, it looks like the left tackle uh, Russell Okung might not be available for Saturday's game. And you know, the no. Packers edge rushers right now, the whole defense has averaged. Well, let's see math. They've had 11 sacks in the last two weeks, so five and a half sacks a game average. Um, and if if the left tackle is not playing you know that poses a big challenge for that pack that panthers offense and you know zadarius smith is three sacks away from tying his career high 13.5 we're seeing Rashawn gary second on the team with five so kind of what are your thoughts because teddy bridgewater obviously is another deshaun watson mitch trubisky kind of mobile quarterback who can definitely make plays when his with his legs if his pocket does break down
2: yeah like um Anytime the left tackle is not able to play, it's huge for that defensive line, just because you are having someone that's coming in that might, there's always that cohesion that that offensive unit has to have um, that when a new left tackle, especially such an important position for that offensive line isn't in there. um, It's definitely something that our defense is going to focus on, but Bridgewater is mobile. So it'll be interesting to see if we kind of use that to, to rush on that side, like go full bore or to kind of use it to kind of contain Bridgewater in the pocket, just so those big, Um, those big plays don't, don't happen, but it's, if that's, if he's not playing, I think Zadarius could get a couple sacks to get close to his uh, career (laughs) high, but it'll be interesting to see what they, what they do to kind of attack that area. If they bring in, when they have the Gary Clark or Gary Clark Smith bros all rushing at once, if they put Zadarius and Gary on that same side, just to make it even more challenging for a left tackle.
3: Yeah, I agree. And I mean, kudos to Dean Lowry and Kingsley Kiki. I was obviously, you know, I just mentioned Derek Brown, the the Panthers uh, starting uh, defensive tackle. But, you know, I think a lot of Packers fans and I was in it, obviously wanting the Packers to bring in some help along that defensive line. And, Dean Lowry and Kingsley Kiki have really taken some impressive leaps for the defense, especially in the back half of the season. And, you know, we talked about this last week that Kenny Clark is kind of Mr. December, and he puts things together, and he's got two sacks on the season so far. I think his career high is six, six and a half, and he's had that the last couple seasons. So we'll see what he does in the last three games. But uh, kind of shifting now then back to the Packers offense. You had, I, I don't know, do you want to call it breaking news? Are you a, a newsbreaker on no, Twitter? No. But.
2: No. Yeah, so just got word that uh, Jamal Williams agent Chris Cabot was in um was in Green Bay or is in Green Bay currently and Jamal's interested in an extension. He wants to be a lifetime Pack. He said he wants to retire a Packer, so um hopefully I know they they have intentions they they want to they want to get something signed up uh for a few more years to keep him in the green and gold, which I obviously I don't have my Jamal shirt on now. I had to change it and I had to go coach at the gym, but I had it on today, the one from, uh, from his charity, but hopefully we can see him around and we'll see what happens with this. But it, it kind of makes it interesting on what's going to happen now with Aaron Jones fire. They both had Chris Cabot as an agent, Aaron Jones um, moved on from Chris and now went with Drew Rosenhaus who has a history with the Packers. I'm still not over Mike McKenzie or Javon Walker, really. Um, But What are your thoughts on this? Let's go with Jones first, just moving on from Chris to Drew Rosenhaus, who kind of has a – definitely has a reputation in the league.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was tricky. When I heard that he got a new agent, I was like, okay, you know, maybe maybe Chris isn't getting things done for him. Maybe this is a good sign that he wants to – work something out and the two sides just aren't agreeing. But then when I found out that it was Drew Rosenhaus, I was like, okay, well not a big fan of that. You know, I, I think yeah. his reputation kind of precedes him in these moments and, you know, seeing what the running back market is like, what guys like Delvin Cook and Elvin Kamara have gotten, I would never ever fault a player, especially at the running back position where you're, there's not a lot of career longevity for going out and getting their money. But mm-hmm. it does seem like this is the kind of move that, might price him out of green Bay or might indicate that he's looking for more than what green Bay is willing to spend. And I think it's, it's, it's never an easy year to be a free agent, but looking at, you know, the Packers locked up Kenny Clark and David Bakhtiari, they still have potential to sign Corey Lindsay, Kevin King, you mentioned Jamal and then next season you've got Jair Alexander and Devontae Adams. So yeah. it's, next season doesn't get any easier and I think kind of whatever money the Packers spend now is money that you can't give to your you know your all pro la- your corner or your star wide receiver so it's it's a tough year for Aaron Jones and I feel like the more that this is prolonged the less I see him staying in Green Bay
2: yeah no I'm 100% with you which you can never fault a player for making sure that they're financially set for them. And he has a kid now too. So obviously, you know, that's in his mind making sure that his kid's going to never have to worry about anything. So he's played really well last season, this season, he's, he's picked it up the last couple of weeks and he had big game week two against the lions. So he's definitely going to get a big contract, but as you've mentioned, we have so many players this off and next off that also are free agents. And, you can't fault the player for making sure they get their money and their their worth, but at the same time, you have fifty three men on the roster that you have to somehow make worse and work. And I think, uh, I think he might just be a, a casualty to the the salary cap this season, which stinks because we talked about this in the beginning of the show. Jamal and Aaron Jones are such amazing people; like both of them are great. And obviously, I'd rather I'd love to see both of them in green and gold for the gold and the for the longevity of their career, but. The NFL loves to break hearts, and I just don't think that's <laughs> going to be. A, I don't think that's going to be something that happens. And I think hiring Drew Rosenhaus was just a sign that he really wants to make sure that he gets a good contract right now. That's going to set him up because who knows what's going to happen in four years? NFL is a rough sport, and also we saw with Mike Davis coming in and playing well with Christian McCaffrey. Like, if it wasn't Christian McCaffrey and another starting running back, like Mike Davis, could now be the guy in that for that team. Uh, Kamara signed a big contract. He's been in and out of the lineup. Really the only one that was a big contract and worked out has been, uh, Dalvin Dalvin Cook. But even then he missed a couple games a season and that 16 million or even more than that, that is on your sideline.
3: Yeah, no, totally. And, you know, this is cheating. But last year for Christmas, our co-host Jacob Westendorf got me a Jamal Williams canvas print that is hanging in my basement unsigned. Uh, We were all supposed to go to a signing together and that fell through. So, you know, if Jamal Williams does stay in Green Bay, that gives me another opportunity to go (laughs) get the canvas print signed. But we have to... We have to wait for the pandemic to pass too now. So we'll see, but you know, kind of wrapping things up, you and I talked about this a little bit pre-show, you have Aaron Jones, you have Jamal Williams, regardless of what happens there. We haven't seen much yet out of AJ Dillon. You know, it, it wasn't his fault necessarily. He was on the reserve COVID list. He is the third running back behind two starting caliber NFL running backs. Jamal Williams could go somewhere and be running back one on a team. So, you know, the Packers have a really nice one, two punch and, whether they keep Aaron Jones or keep Jamal Williams, I'd really like to see them kind of turn to AJ Dillon a little bit towards the back half of the season. I guess back half, we have three games left going into the playoffs just to see what they have in him. And obviously they drafted him in the second round for a reason, you know, Aaron Jones is a fifth rounder and he's going to go make a ton of money. So just the, the draft capital of a second rounder makes me feel like they, you know, are fully invested. They have a ton of, they're impressed by what he can do. And now we just have to see it on the field, regardless of who kind of is running back one with him as the the second punch next season.
2: Yeah. And I think whoever he's paired up with too, we've seen Williams this year and Jones both out wide a couple of times. And they Williams has really worked on, and obviously I, I harp on him a little bit more just because I know more about him being able to talk with him. And he's worked a lot on being more nimble. And as he says, getting his hips moving um, and AJ Dillon just can be a bruiser. So he's going to match up well with whoever, whichever running back the Packers end up pairing with him. Um, but like you said, a second round pick is such huge draft capital to use on somebody and not having your long term plans to have a pretty decent workload, um, which is another reason why signing someone to such a huge, signing Aaron Jones to such a huge contract doesn't really make sense if you just spent a second round pick on someone that likely will be getting quite a few carries.
3: At first, I thought you were going to say like quite a few carrots, like money, but then you said (laughs) carrots. I wish I said carrots now. I messed up. So that's on (laughs) me. But all right. I think that that is all the time that we have for today. You don't want to hear us flub Christian Kirksey and Christian McCaffrey anymore. Um, So Jimmy, where can all of the people listening find all of your work on social media, especially if you break some contract news here in the near future? Oh, I can die happy if I break an NFL contract. (laughs) I'll retire from teaching everything. I'll just,
2: I'm done. I can't top that um you can find me twitter jimmy underscore c08 um i have an article come out every tuesday for packer report and then we have a few more weeks of the jamal williams show his charity event is this sunday in green bay um but he'll be still sticking around for at least another week or two just to talk to us talk to the fans in the comments uh section and everything for that so make sure you check that out uh wednesdays i have lombardi's bar uh over at game on wisconsin thursdays you can listen to us over here at packer Packaday. day and then Sundays, uh, or I guess now this case, Saturday, this weekend, I'm on the, the pre-snap show for uh, Game on Wisconsin.
3: You stay busy, my friend. You can yeah. find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I write two articles a week for Cheesehead TV. Perry and I host the Packs with Cheesehead podcast that normally drops Friday mornings. Um, and then... I am also with Game On Wisconsin doing happy hour on Mondays at 6 p.m. Central. So, thank you as always for listening to the Pack a Day podcast, the only Packers podcast available 365 days a year. Go, Pack, go.
1: Head to BetOnline online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BlueWire at betonline.ag. That's
5: Blue Wire all one word. Betonline, your online sportsbook experts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.